0: Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, and I've got a special guest with me today, Chris Bissett. They're from Loot the Room. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing really great. I just want to say that, kind of impressed with the amount of stuff that Chris has put out here. If you go to linktree.loot the room, it's really encouraging. It's got the coolest logo at the top that kind of looks like the old TSR logo. And then at the bottom, it's got a little support anti-racism. I'm raising awareness, driving donations and sharing information in support of Justice and Equality Act now. So I'm a big fan of just the landing page. Really appreciate that. And that's got links there to a lot of Chris's games and writing and other other stuff as well now we're doing dungeon week this week and i wanted to talk to you about dungeons <laughs> <Hell> yeah <laughs> you've made a few dungeons in your lifetime one or two yeah so what would, would you have any suggestions to listeners on approaching or maybe how do you approach uh, when you're going to make a dungeon
1: oh they're just fun I just, <laughs> I just throw i just throw stuff at a page and it's fun um i'm writing one at the minute for um for mokbog which is like an ice dungeon oh an um, ice dungeon that's definitely i yeah. like
0: that Are you change it to up <laughs> <laughs> tell us more
1: Everyone that i do is different but this one um i started with the map and i sketched out a really rough map yes a bit of paper maybe um, start doing video sequence show that (laughs) (laughs) imagine you just saw the best map you've ever seen i don't know i i really like to like i like to design a location and then destroy it (laughs) like i like to design it and be like what was this used for originally and then i'll jump forward like 100 years and be like cool what's happened to it in the meantime Who's moved into it? What changes have been there? What changes have they made? What changes has the environment made? What changes has time made? And then, uh, what change? What's going to happen when the when the players encounter it? You know. Yeah. So you're starting not necessarily from what's in here now,
0: but no. what this used to be and why it was.
1: Yeah. That's usually my. That's usually how I get into them. So
0: what What did the dungeon, the ice dungeon originally, what was that? Originally? <laughs> well,
1: see, I've said this, and that's not what I've done for this dungeon at all. <laughs> I have no idea for this one. <laughs> so I just drew a map. Um, so I don't know is the answer, but that's that's the question I'm going to ask myself when I sit down and start trying to write it. But, uh, what what do i know about it do you know bookbook are you familiar with the oh game? yes
0: i am i've not, we haven't had a chance to run it in our group but this year what we're planning on doing is trying we're gonna try to squeeze in a one shot nice. every month so we can try to cover this because we get so many games we're getting so many games sent to us and we've been mm-hmm. picking up like we're, we're doing this because we're really into games we buy so many games <laughs> and we, we get into a lot of this uh smaller indie games and free league stuff we're really a big yeah. i'm a big fan
1: of So uh, the only thing I know about this dungeon at the moment, uh, for people who don't know, one of the big things in Mugburg is that there are miseries that are unleashed on the world, that change the world, and that are are like signs of the apocalypse that's coming. Yes. And all I know about this dungeon is that somewhere in this dungeon is a magical item that will roll back one of the miseries and Ah. stop the apocalypse. That's all I know at the moment.
0: You've done other stuff for Morkboard too as yes. well. And some things I, I some of these looking through here, they look familiar. I think I've I think I've run across a few of them. Where was oh, I'm trying to find the, the page that I saw the digital <laughs> games. There we go. And this is on Christmas set. Uh oh, it says that up loot the room. Itch. io. They've got tons of uh tons <laughs> troll <King. laughs>
1: i've had a busy couple of years
0: yeah uh quite a few and a couple of these i've seen around is that have i seen that troll king somewhere in print
1: yeah it is in print so i think exalted funeral had it um end of last year you might have seen it there that's Uh, i think uh, i think that's where i stumbled across it one of these could you
0: let's let's maybe ask of the products you've made that have been out there a bit are there any that have dungeons you're especially proud of or that you think are really cool that the listeners may want to pick up to check out
1: yeah i mean troll king's a fun one um that is a it's a two-part adventure the first part is a sewer crawl um I s- yeah it's all so grimy that- and
0: what was it used for
1: originally?
0: <laughs> <And> we know! We know
1: what it was used for originally, yeah. Um, it's a sewer crawl, and then the end of the sewer crawl is a uh, a sunken chapel that's fallen into the earth. So, like, Galgenbeck, the city in Mokbog, has like, I don't know. I have, I have this picture in my head of Galgenbeck as being, like, super ancient, built on the ruins of itself. And so at some point, this chapel has fallen into the earth and been buried by the city um, and, you know, covered in sewer sludge <laughs> and, uh, and, and uh, a troll moved into it um, and the, the hook for the adventure is go and kill the troll. That's good. I like that. That's fun stuff. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. I, um, I really like, like, I was raised Catholic, even though I'm not religious now, so I really like <laughs> playing with, like, weird religious horror oh i
0: i love that i I am obsessed with religious stuff to a weird extent like like (laughs) i had at one point in time i had an extensive religious library uh, of Mm -hmm. many religions my father was a baptist preacher out here and uh I, i i am an atheist i don't talk about it often i'm not i don't you know, I try to avoid mm-hmm. religious discussions, especially with the family, because it's yeah. uncomfortable, and that's the greatest sin ever. <laughs> <And> so... <laughs> but I really like religious stuff, especially in my games, because
1: it's fun. Yeah, so same. I get it. <laughs> so yeah, this was an excuse to um, to take a church and just do weird stuff with it.
0: Fun stuff. <laughs> it's yeah, enjoyable. Stuff. Yeah, like a few six six sixes in there, stuff like that. Like <laughs> ah, make it all metal. <laughs> i, I and i'll be honest like the thing that appeals to me about Mork, Mork Borg is that i was like really into punk and metal growing up back in the day uh-huh. and a lot of that old that old like death metal black metal i got i really got into back then. <laughs> so it's, i love I that mean, whole yeah.
1: thing <laughs> i'm in a metal band as well so I, we it's go. the perfect game for me it's dungeons of metal you know
0: yeah I, i'm a fan of that stuff I really got into it. And, and yeah, I appreciate that, that aesthetic and the more metal a dungeon. Yeah. You can really, really go crazy with it. (laughs) Have some fun. So when you were populating the sewer and, and and I know people talk about dungeon ecology and we talked a bit Mm -hmm. about that on one of the episodes for our dungeon week. Do you ever approach anything like dungeon ecology when you're, when you're writing one of these? And yeah, the dungeon I mean, ecology being like, just in case we're on the same, is, you know, how do we do we describe it? The, the actual ecology and ecosystem and the interaction yeah, of like
1: who lives in it, who are they interacting with inside it, etc. cetera. Yes. Um, yeah. Not so much with Troll King because it's a really small focused dungeon. It's got like eight rooms in it, I think. Okay. Um, but like certainly with the sewer, I was like, well, who uses sewers in ancient cities? So you've got like smugglers hanging around down there. You've got weird covens of witches doing all sorts of unspeakable stuff. There's a dude in there who's, um, he's just called the collector and he's got a little shrine with like stuff that he found in the sewers. So like he's got little idols made of fingernails and wax and he's got like weird (laughs) sex toys and, um, yeah, I just I filled the sewers. I, I was more interested in the ecology of the sewers than the dungeon, and it's like this trek through this weird underworld to get to the dungeon.
0: I think we had a discussion like this in one of the one of the other episodes. Like, what what constitutes a dungeon? I feel that a sewer hmm.
1: crawl is pretty much a dungeon crawl yeah. <laughs> at a point. Um, old School Essentials uses the term um, mythic underworld." Yes, Which I think it's really useful for thinking about dungeons and stuff. Like um, you're going into a place where the normal rules of reality don't apply. And then you're emerging, hopefully victorious with all your limbs at the other end. Kind <laughs> of, hopefully they're, they're, in a, they're a place of transformation, right? So your characters go in, weird stuff happens, and hopefully they come out transformed in some way.
0: And, and and the players are definitely wanting that to be with some sort of magic weapon and some gold. Yeah. You know, and the DM's loot. got some other plans. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I'm doing so, a project at the minute where I'm um I'm reading and running like super old D&D adventures. Like I've gone back to the very first oh, published yeah. D&D adventures, and I've been reading them, and it's super interesting looking at like how dungeons have evolved over 40 40
0: years yes yeah, you know what you know yeah. what we just talked about this too it's gonna be like 50 years since the og od and d yeah. box came out in two years <laughs> <Crazy>. <laughs> so
1: they have definitely evolved so what what are some
0: differences in some of the evolutions you're seeing
1: so like so the one that i ran most recently was um palace of the vampire queen which oh i've is, got
0: that yeah
1: <laughs> yeah it's a fun little dungeon um but there's not there's like we talked about ecology there's none of that in it no that's that's definitely not a thing for early D stuff no. and that was kind
0: of like a point of contention for newer gaming was like oh well mm-hmm. those dungeons did it was just roll a random monster
1: yeah and-, and vampire queen really is just like it's just a table isn't it it's just here, is, here are some numbered rooms, here's the monster that's in them, and here's what treasure's in it. It doesn't even tell you what the dungeon looks like. It's really... Because like I started playing D&D in, like, 1994, so I started with second edition AD&D, and we were already on, like, adventures that were almost like stories. Yes. At that well, point. See,
0: with me, I didn't start with D&D. When I started it was like the late 80s and the first game i picked up was the doctor who fossa role-playing game nice because i was really obsessed they used to play it in the states here on pbs public broadcasting Uh saturday nights and i every night i had to like record every week every episode we got the vhs tape finally i had to record i was obsessed with it so i started with superhero games and science fiction games so it was very uh-huh. story focused dungeon delving honestly i didn't i didn't play D until 19 it was actually 93 i played uh-huh. second edition for the first time with my friend and he had the ravenloft box and nice. he pulled that out and we played that and i can't remember what character i rolled up for i think yeah. it may have been a ranger or something
1: <laughs> so i started with um i think this is why i like dungeons so much actually because i started with the ad and d it was called First Quest. It was like the starter set. Yes. Um, and the first adventure in that is a dungeon, and it's got a big poster map. So my first experience of D&D was like dungeon crawling. <laughs> at the same time, there was a show on TV in the UK called Nightmare, which was spelt with a K, K-N-I-G-H-T. Um, and it was like a children's adventure game um, where they like, <laughs> one of them had to put on this helmet that like, blocked out their vision and it was like it was like early augmented reality they like oh. projected a dungeon and like the person's friends had to like help them navigate through it one step at a time yeah so someone like,
0: was telling me about this not that long ago i've not seen it but someone was recently telling me hope. about this it was
1: so good and it was so formative for me and i think like i watched that at the same time as i was playing dnd and like watching the dnd cartoon and like dungeons are just in my dna from being a
0: kid, <laughs> you know? Well, I recently equated it to when I was a kid. We uh, we would rummage through old barns and stuff out in the country, mm-hmm. and they find cool stuff out there. And we used to go out to like, even when I wasn't out there, and, and like you know, when I was in other places, we used to go rummage through a lot of the old abandoned buildings yeah. and stuff like that, and find the coolest stuff. And that was like, same yeah, it, even into my like, I did it. Probably into probably too old where you probably get arrested yeah. for You rest go from passing. like being a kid
1: <laughs> rummaging through old farmhouse. This is unlike <laughs> foxholes to being an adult getting into urban exploration and then you're like oh this is just illegal now (laughs) yeah there was
0: in front of the the udf the united dairy farmers up it's actually up the street from here because i moved back to this town that i went to high school in uh some years ago and there was the 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 sewer like you know the city Hmm. sewer drainage system was in front of that old united dairy farmers and we would just kind of go down into there there was like kids would have Tables set up there and you'd find weird stuff washed up and we just go down there to smoke pot (laughs) hide in the i grew up in the
1: countryside and like one of the we used to go and play in the woods and there was a bit a place we used to go and play in and it was like this little it was like a pond with like big high walls surrounding it and stuff we could never find it the only way we could ever find to get to it was there was this big old stretch of um pipe that was like maybe 30 feet long the only way we could ever find to get into this pond that we used to play at was to crawl through this pipe that was just like (laughs) it had rats in it and it had like feces in it it was horrible in hindsight but like (laughs) we could never find a way in other than that like it that's a dungeon, man. It is
0: a dungeon. That's, <laughs> that's what I think of when I'm running dungeons. It goes yeah. back to this, you know, what's in here? It's all decayed and old and forgotten. They built yeah, it no some one's been point. here for
1: years. Like, we definitely shouldn't be here.
0: <laughs> I think that sometimes I feel that we lose sight of that, like, that wonder and that curiosity when we get into dungeons because it's just become such a part of the game that it becomes yeah. a little mechanical and we lose the wonder and excitement of it
1: yeah yeah definitely
0: and that's that's definitely i think that we, i think there's ways we need to that we can and can be expanded on in the future even with all the great stuff people are putting out like the wonder of a dungeon
1: mm. <laughs> so yeah just make your dungeons weird again you know
0: yeah dungeons like like then going back to the troll king exactly what we were talking about a minute ago you have the um you have kids crawling through the sewer pipe or
1: going down there i've never made that connection right now (laughs) there is your dungeon so i hear these things like oh god we've learned something about me today (laughs) yeah it's like oh yeah
0: that's fun there's the sewer pipes and and, and crawling through there so maybe when i'm running a dungeon i need to go back to that old old sewer pipe in front of the united dairy farmers where i'm crawling through there and kind of remember the smells and the trying to walk with my my legs spread apart with the the, so i didn't Mm -hmm. step in the the gunk down there (laughs) yeah oh the
1: gunk yeah i know the gunk well (laughs) coming out and your shoes are just something and there's like little white maggots crawling in it and you're like what is this
0: (laughs) we wore a lot of my dad would buy me um Uh, old combat jungle boots combat boots actually the same kind that they would they gave when i was in the military for for uh, a few years Uh, Uh (laughs) and it was the exact same ones they ended up issuing me when i got in (laughs) so i always had hundreds of pairs of these old old combat boots and uh and yeah i definitely remember running through those those sewers with those old combat boots my dad would
1: How did we survive the 90s? <laughs>
0: oh. oh, the worst one was there was an Amtrak station by my house, an old abandoned like, like, like rail station. Uh-huh. And somebody had dumped barrels that had like the toxic waste symbol oh on it. God. And there was just gunk flowing out of it. And we just thought it was cool. And this is like ah. late 90s. Or early '90s, late '80s, when the Turtles had come out, we ran over there like, "Hey, we're Ninja Turtles! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cleveland, Ohio!" <laughs>
1: oh, kids are dumb. How did we ever survive as a species?
0: <laughs> well, I got a son there, a, a, a son and daughter. that's teenagers. I'm like, I worry about you sometimes. Mostly <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> because you're like, like me. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, yeah, some of those, like, if you look around, like, there's there's plenty of opportunities for dungeons and, and even in, like, today's world and inspiration yeah. for them and, and just the derelict buildings that exist in our cities and even in, like like I said, like, we would rummage through old barns and stuff, even in the countryside.
1: Yeah, like, I've just moved house. Um, I moved out of the city. We're up in the hills, and I'm right near a bit of woodland that's called um, Bogger Hole Clough. And apparently, like, the local legends is that there's some kind of malicious fairy called a bogart lives in these woods and I'm oh like, that's awesome i'm gonna go explore that when i yeah get a chance. Like, yeah what the hell's in this forest i hope i find a dungeon uh, <laughs> if oh, you never yeah. hear from me again that's where i am
0: yeah i'd like to go find fairies when i was growing up it was the oz books and there was a fee i used to love those oz books and we would mm-hmm. say we would say that all these oz things from frank l <laughs> All these Oz things from Frank L. Baum would be back there in Mm -hmm. that wooded area. We come through there and we'd always go back there, explore and look for all kinds of mystical creatures from those books. (laughs) Yeah. Find those fairies. So back to dungeons. Uh, Yeah. Suggestions. um, I I think what I'm trying to do today, and we're talking about this is we want to, I'd like to, You've done quite a few, like we've said, and I'd like to kind of get some more ideas in either running or constructing dungeons for our listeners that might be helpful. So sure. is there anything you can think of along those lines that we could
1: explore? Uh, so a thing that a lot of people say to me about running dungeons is they don't like running them because it's samey. Yes. Like they don't know how to fill the empty spaces, you know, because a lot of dungeons have like empty spaces, it's a dungeon crawl you move it's like long periods of nothing and then sudden violence um and like i just think lean into it like you don't have to spend an actual hour describing people walking down a corridor not finding anything but like i really like that juxtaposition of quiet tension with like explosive action that sounds like war <laughs> that's what they yeah. say about war right <laughs> yeah it's a, a lot like, of hurry up and wait and long yeah a lot of that drudgery. um <laughs> i've been prepping um i'm gonna start playing a pathfinder 2 game tomorrow and i've been prepping the mega dungeon adventure path mm. and it doesn't use wandering monster tables and i'm like i'm putting wandering monsters in this dungeon yes <laughs> that's my tip if you're running dungeons wandering monsters
0: Wandering monsters. We, I think we've, I think we have a whole episode on that that we we went into depth on. it. I, I'm a fan of the wandering monsters, and there's some good mechanics for things like wandering monsters in the old AD and first edition mm, and Osric. And so you stuff know what has a really good over. system for it,
1: um, Mouse Ritzer. You
0: know, I I'm really excited about that. I only backed that at the digital level. Uh-huh. Uh, but those just came out and I haven't downloaded them. I'm it's excited to get into there.
1: It's really fun. I played that with my partner at New Year and she's not a gamer, but she loved it.
0: Tell me a little bit about what about that and what, what makes it good and interesting. It was
1: Stuff you can bring in. Yeah. Um, Maltret's got a lot of really cool procedures that you can bring in, but the best thing it does for wandering monsters is rather than like... Because traditional D&D is like roll for encounters every 10 minutes. Yes. And sometimes it's hard to know how long that's been and it's literally just you put six boxes draw six boxes and put a big thick black line around the third one and a big thick black line around the sixth one and anytime the players do anything you just put a t in one of the boxes and that's a turn and then when you hit the third one that's got a thick black line around it an encounter happens and then when you hit the next third one that's got a line around it, an encounter happens, and you're not rolling for random encounters, you just like every three turns we get an encounter, and it's just really cool, it's a really nice pacing mechanism. Yeah, that's a good way to go about
0: it. And one of the things that I I had talked about liking with those two with wandering monsters tables mm-hmm. is you've got to kind of you can use them to complicate things at times and make them a little more interesting, for example let's say you're going to uh, fresh water. we talked about this in the dungeon ecology, like, okay, if there's a bunch of living things down here, they probably have need a source of fresh water. Well, the source of fresh water is probably going to be more likely to attract wandering monsters because mm-hmm. they're thirsty. And yeah. your chances will probably increase. So, going to get the water that's fresh isn't safe, and you might want to be quiet. So, things like that, like putting it around the resources and increasing your chance yeah. of running into things that
1: are thirsty or hungry, if you're in the it food, just makes the dungeon feel alive, right? <laughs> yes. And I like, um, I like to mix when I'm writing random encounter tables. I like to mix mundane with fantastical. So, like, maybe the encounter is just, like, a mother bear and her cubs looking for food, finding somewhere to hibernate, and it's just, they just exist in the world. Yes. But then maybe the encounter is the same mother bear, now with her fur entirely covered in moss that's intruding into her eyes with, like, a ferocious aura of nastiness around her, and she's, like, (laughs) rabid and breathing smoke.
0: Well, that's the other thing, too. Uh, that I've brought up a few times when we're playing these games, we often do random random encounters, and we jump to the automatic uh, jump to is that we go out and fight whatever doesn't kill it. <laughs> but like when I, I I run in in the mornings and I go through the woods and I'll run into snakes and bears. You know, I'm not bears. <laughs> but other hopefully not creatures, better, no. And I but usually dear. don't kill them when I see them. I just no. try to keep my pistol. Most of our random encounters shouldn't necessarily go straight into killing, no. but every now and then you don't know, you don't piss off the bear.
1: <laughs> That's why reaction tables are fun as well. Right? Oh yeah. I love use a, rea- use a random encounter table with a reaction table. You can run a whole session with just those two tables.
0: Oh yeah. There's, there's some great stuff there. They're, they're, all, they're amazing. I like reaction tables, I like not knowing how this yeah. animal is and, you know, things like, think about it, food, uh, baby, stuff like that might get a little more uh, than, yeah. than friendly sniffing. Um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> friendly sniffing is always a fun reaction, though. You meet four goblins and you roll reaction friendly sniffing. That's a good encounter. Yeah,
0: that can like... be fun. <laughs> friendly stuff so i'm putting that on, on the, t- the chart that i just made the other day about goblin reactions now that we've said that friendly, friendly sniffing, sniffing is going on there i love it <laughs> <laughs> we need more friendly sniffing in our dungeons you're not wrong yeah i mean my some of my favorite encounters though are encounters that avoid combat where players yeah have to think their way around it and come up with creative fun things and as a dm they surprised me with it
1: (laughs) yeah same like when i ran vampire queen the other week i was using an encounter table because the module gives you nothing to go with and there's two rooms that are full of guards and the group went into one of them and i rolled friendly so these guards were just sitting around playing cards and then I, i just rolled the encounter the reaction for the other group and i got like immediately hostile So we had this really cool encounter where the party got chatting to this group of guards who were like, don't go in the room on the other side, like "Draymond, there's a dick, he'll tip the head (laughs) off. And then they immediately did something stupid and attracted the attention of the immediately hostile guards. And it was this really satisfying moment where like the people they've been told to stay away from came after them. (laughs) It was really fun
0: that's great that's great yeah i like that that's the kind of encounter i like inside of a dungeon i can't tell you how many times you know we've run into a a dungeon room where there's guards or whatever and the first thing that the players try to do is just swing and fight so that's one of the reasons i've always been proselytized i like a deadly game because you think twice before running into a fight
1: yeah if um if you know that the dice aren't your friend (laughs) yes (laughs) when like that's one of the things that mouse says as well like the dice are dangerous (laughs) when you have to roll that chance of you not doing so well is there yeah exactly the consequence for failure is you get your head kicked in
0: (laughs) yes yes so we're coming up close to time and before we stop here i really want the listeners to to take a look at some of the work you have out there so could you tell them all where they can find your work and what online and where they can Mm -hmm. order stuff and everything else and see what you've, you've got out there.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, you can always get me on Twitter. I'm at twitter.com slash pangalactic, which is like the drink in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I love that. You don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Douglas Adams wrote Dr. Who because of that. I got (laughs) into, (laughs) I got
0: into (laughs) go on. uh
1: yeah you can find all my stuff at loottheroom.io. um that takes you to my link tree and that gives you a list of everything i make games i make adventures i have a blog i'd also I'm a, I'm a full-time games person so i basically put something out every day at this point it's awesome yeah i will make sure that we put links in the
0: show notes so all the listeners can find those as well oh, thank and you. yeah no doubt no doubt I want to thank you for coming on. It's been a great conversation. I've enjoyed myself.
1: Yeah, this was really fun.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, you'll have to come on again in the future sometime. If you have something that's coming out in the future that you want to talk about, you want our listeners to know about, always feel free to reach out. We're, we try to be open to, uh, like one of the big things we focus on is independent creators and trying to let them tell the audience what they're making. So awesome. <laughs> if you've enjoyed today's show, Please leave us a positive review wherever you're listening. Tell your friends, share share an episode or two. You can find us on the Facebook. We're at just search Wobblies and Wizards. We're pretty active there. Wobbliesandwizards.com is our little blog. We'll, we post there occasionally now since we've been doing the podcast. We've been posting there less. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Twitter at LogarHailcrom and keep those dice rolling. This is Logar and I'm just going to do a quick plug here for our, our little podcast. We put a lot of time and effort into this and money out of our own pockets. So if you appreciate having a daily podcast about role playing games with our specific bend, please go over to Patreon, backslash Wobblies and Wizards, that's W O B B L I E S A N D W I Z A R D S, and give us a little support.